0: Are you ready to listen to my dad, Joe, and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on no, with the show! The Joe Mays and j Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show.
1: Boring.
0: A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011.
1: Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time.
0: With a focus
1: on football. Sue, late in his career, is going to have his first Super Bowl title. Now, No wonder they want to call the Champa Bay or Tampa Brady. One more snap. Would you have guessed when this impossible season was trying to launch that you'd get it all in you'd get to Tampa and when the Super Bowl ended the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady I don't know why we ever think it won't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history and Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch quite yet to Mahomes does he even though you're looking at the greatest right there.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffaugh.
1: Woohoo!
0: Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to the Joe Mays and JRAF raff show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays. I am not here with Justin this evening or this morning. This is an odd time for, for me to be doing a show. Uh, Justin's unavailable, but I'm not here alone. I will momentarily introduce our guest. but I hope everyone had a fabulous Christmas. Here we are in between the holidays as we approach New Year's, but the football season goes on as we are deep into the 2021 NFL season. We're going to talk this evening. No, not this evening, this morning. I'm, not, I'm never going to get used to that about NFL's Week 16, which is completed, and NFL Week 17, which is coming up. But my guest here this morning, there, I got it. I got it this time, is a local high school football coach, one I've gotten to know pretty well over the last couple of years, uh, Why Missing Area Spartans offensive line coach Steve O'Neill. Steve, thank you for joining me this morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: It's really great to have you here. Uh, We've been trying to to get together on a show for for about the past year. Uh, I was glad I was able to convince you to to come on here and and talk football. Justin and I are in the middle of discussing the end of the NFL season, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. If if people are watching, you can see Steve's got his Denver Broncos hat on. I know Steve to be a a Denver fan um, since we met a couple years ago. Uh, and We have a lot to talk about, and NFL will be part of it. We might save that for the end, though, because – uh, Steve is a is a football guy through and through, and uh, high school is his first love. Uh, but he has a um, a big knowledge of the game. He played in college, and right now he is talking with collegiate recruiting uh, coaches because of uh, his position with Why Missing. So we have a lot to talk about. We're going to dive into everything. We'll talk Why Missing. We'll talk recruiting. We'll talk college. We'll talk pro football. Uh, Wherever the the discussion takes us, that's where we're going to go. Sounds good. But first off, I'm going to throw you for a loop immediately because they didn't mention this to you, but I don't think it'll be difficult for you. Uh, Unfortunately, yesterday we found out that John Madden passed away. Uh, And I'm sure um, you and I are are close enough in age that Mm -hmm. we grew up listening to him be one of the best broadcasters with Pat Summerall. Absolutely. Uh, did you get to watch All Madden that debuted on Christmas I Day?
1: Actually, uh, I actually forgot about it, but I have it taped. Have any- I recorded it and I'm going to. Now it's going to mean a little bit more uh, with his passing, unfortunately, but uh, I am going to watch it, yes. Yeah, but it's, I have not it yet. It's, it's
0: very awesome. good. It is very good. It's about an hour and a half or so. Um amazing. Uh, it was
1: Christmas Day, right? Really.
0: It was, yeah. It was like Christmas yeah. Day afternoon. I, I recorded it because I knew I wouldn't be around I didn't want to miss it because John Madden is a guy that every generation of football fan associates with football. Coach, broadcaster, mm-hmm. and the video game. You know, it, it really covers forty like, years. Some people
1: don't even know how good what he did before the game. They they just right. associate with him the game, don't even know. Yeah, that
0: current generation is all about the game, the video game. And you and I kind of overlap when the game became big, Mm -hmm. you know, that we were at the point where we already knew him as a broadcaster. But like our parents, our grandparents, they they all know him about from coaching with the Raiders. And I didn't realize that he retired so young from coaching. I, I, you know, it's not something that I was familiar with because I'm not, I wasn't a Raiders fan. I know you're definitely not a Raiders fan. fan. (laughs) Um, But growing up, listening to him broadcast games, you knew it was a big game when, and when he and Pat were on the call, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, but, but all Madden is excellent. So I hope you get to watch it uh, I, I on DVR. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, I hope you can track it down. I kept it on my DVR. Usually I watch it and delete something. And I was just like, you know what? I might keep this on for a bit. And then, uh, a, a day later we find out that he passed yes. away. Uh, it did say unexpectedly. So, um, it's a real shame, uh, leading up to the broadcast of all Madden, there was an article on the athletic about the creation of the documentary. And I thought it was amazing that, and they talked about this at the beginning and end of the article about how that, you know, you
1: contact people. What was the focus of the show? Was it everything? Every, was it coaching everything. So it's
0: almost split up in like 10, 12 minute segments okay. probably meant for television, but you know, they start with his early days and, and the and coaching the Raiders and then his retirement and what does he want to do because he did want to do broadcast, he wasn't interested in that. Okay. Then he gets into broadcasting and you know, people are a little bit standoffish about it because he's so different. He's such a big personality. But then when he gets there and becomes himself, everyone knows that he's gonna he, he's yeah. changing things and this is the way people want him to go. And then he becomes the number one guy. You know, Pat didn't necessarily want to work with him at first, but obviously that worked out for everyone involved. Um, they talk to—that's and that's the great thing—is they talk to so many people. They don't focus on any one person talking about his life. And John doesn't have a lot of speaking moments in the documentary. They let archival archival footage or the people talk about John. John talks a little bit, um, but but not a lot. But they mentioned in the the athletic article about the creation of All Madden, how they reached out to, I think it was 38 people. And when you do a documentary, you reach out to people thinking you're going to get maybe one out of three or two out of three because people are just like, I don't have the time for that. Every single person they asked to talk about John Madden for All Madden said yes immediately. And you're not talking about just like random people from his life. You're obviously going to get family members that are going (laughs) to volunteer and want to talk. His wife's on there. His sons are on there. But they reached out to the biggest names in football, and they all immediately said yes. You get interviews with Joe Montana, with Brett Favre, with Peyton Manning. um, Lamar Jackson's in there at the end. They have Bill Belichick on there. Uh, It's just they went to the biggest and best from – more recent football history mostly from 90s to to Mm -hmm. present um but they did they talked to bob costas because i didn't realize that was the first game that john madden ever did for uh the nfl was with bob costas yeah there's there's awesome information in there there's great clips great video great pictures um it's definitely worth your time to check out but we do i just wanted to mention that uh You know, the the passing of John Madden as it rocks the football world. It doesn't surprise me that
1: all those people want to be involved. He was, you know, he was such a promoter of the game and such a voice for the game.
0: Well, and that's what kind of resonated throughout the documentary was how loved he was, not just because of his personality, his attitude, but his actions, too, and that he was so, so kind to everyone he met. He would, they roll up to places, he'd get off the bus, which that, that's a focus too. They mm. talk about the the, the Madden Cruiser yeah, crazy, yeah. uh, and obviously about the video game. Uh, but when he would get off a place, you know, he's larger than life. Everyone recognizes him and he stops to talk and sign autographs for everyone. Um, whenever he would do a sit down with pr- production crew or teams, like he was just kind of like a big teddy bear. He was always so, so uh so grateful and graceful and everything he did. So that that's really nice to hear that, yeah. that was, that was great to hear about, about him and yeah. So it's unfortunate that, that we lost him yesterday and I felt, uh, felt we should mention it off, off the top of the show, uh, the passing of John Madden. So definitely if you haven't seen all Madden, the documentary that I think it was on Fox, I want to say, I, I believe so. Yeah, um, Definitely check it out, track it down if you can. And it becomes available. If you're a football guy, it's definitely one you might want to have in your collection because it has really awesome, awesome content. All right. So, Steve, let's start with a little bit about you now. I know some. but I'm going to let you tell everyone that's listening. Um, just introduce us to yourself, you know, wh- where you're from, where you've been, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there.
1: I'm had a, I'm I'm from Berks County, um, obviously.
0: Born and raised.
1: Born and raised. But I had a little view of Berks County. I grew up in Conrad Weiser. Until uh, fourth grade, I went to Reading for two years, fifth and sixth, okay. and I ended up moving to West Reading in seventh grade, ended up at Y Missing. Um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, um, and then I went to Westchester to play football as well, uh, graduated there, moved to Annapolis for two years, which I loved, and I would have stayed in Annapolis, it's a, I'm sure... You've been to Annapolis before. You can't beat that town. Um, the only place, the only reason I would have came back was for a wine-missing job. And 2005, an opening came at the elementary school. I threw my name in, one of 1,200, and <laughs> got the job. And first thing I did when I got back, I called Coach Wolfram. I said, <laughs> Coach, I don't know what you need. I don't know if you want me. Um, I'll do anything. I just want to give back to the program that helped me, um, you know, stay focused in school <laughs> and help me get to Westchester on a partial scholarship. You know, why missing football changed my life. So I wanted to give back in some way. And he said, yeah, you can come in, um, uh, help us right here on varsity with the O line D line. And the rest is history. And here we are 2021 and getting ready for 2022. And, been doing it ever since
0: yeah the work never stops no it never stops so there's a lot in there i want to i want to dive in just just pick pick a little bit because you glossed over your playing days at wine missing so Mm -hmm. you you weren't just a just a guy on that those wine missing teams you were you were pretty established people probably picked that up because you got the got to play at westchester if you're playing college you probably were a pretty good high school athlete Uh, but you had a pretty good career for the spartans um Tell us about some of your accolades you were given when you were a player. And obviously, offense, defensive line, we're mm-hmm. talking, yeah?
1: Yes. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. Um, I was the first lineman to get moved up as a ninth grader um, for why missing. Mm-hmm. Um, freshman year didn't go the way I wanted. I broke my wrist a couple weeks in. Um, but I will say to anyone, regardless of program, if you have the opportunity to move up as a ninth grader, do that. Uh, the experience I had going through that as a ninth grader, in my mind going into tenth grade, I had no doubt I, I was gonna do everything to get on the field. And I was ahead of all my friends who were down on junior high. Um,
0: because you got that extra year. Up I, on even varsity. though I,
1: I only got to play the first six weeks, camp in the first six weeks till I broke my wrist, I knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I was ahead of the curve. And I think that was the best thing that uh for me. Um, and then having y Missing Hall of Fame or Mike Lewandowski, who's still got all the school records for strength. He's a senior when I'm a sophomore. Ross is a junior when you know, when you know, he's a grade ahead of me. Pete Orwig's going to James Madison. Um, so we had a run of big linemen at this time, and that was great for me as being the sophomore. Um
0: learning how it's done by the guys in front of you learning by example
1: correct and those guys you know the work ethic and you know i in strength class as a sophomore i'm stuck with mike Lewandowski's who's bench in 405 yeah like i had no choice I, I gotta up my you know up my game just not on the field but in the weight room um so i started as a sophomore i was the only you know sophomore that started that year um we beat Mifflin that year. The only time we ever beat Mifflin, I know you guys will like that on this show.
0: <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Anytime uh, you can talk to a show with me and Justin, and you can bring up beating Mifflin, we're, we're going to appreciate that. So thank you. Thank uh, you.
1: <laughs> so I thought you'd appreciate that on the Bulldog Hour. Uh, but um, so I started as a sophomore, got all league as a as a junior, second team all county. Then I got a uh, senior year. I got all county, both le- both ways, all league offensive and defensive lineman of the year offensive lineman of the year for the county um a bulldog got the defense i wanted to sweep my goal was to sweep (laughs) yes
0: and do you remember Uh, who got that ethan
1: ethan uh we 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 wheeling wheeling yeah he got the defensive lineman of the year i'm still uh still bitter about about Yeah, yeah
0: i think i was doing some research for a bulldog hour entry um what uh you were cla- what was your fall senior year was 97 97 yeah uh yes so when i was going through my my 90s on bulldog hour archive i was going and i got to 90, fall of 97 and you know i was trying to grab the uh, the Albergs and and the county selections and stuff like that and i'm looking through and i see you on there on uh, the offense and it made sense because I knew you as an offensive line coach. And I was like, yeah, there he is, and lineman yeah. of the year. And then I go to defense. I was like, oh, he's first team defensive line too. I always
1: saw myself as a better defensive player.
0: Oh, you thought you were a better defensive I started player.
1: defense as a sophomore. Okay. I didn't play offense until my junior year. Okay. Um, but then I moved to guard my senior year. And I just – I took to guard in our offense. I don't know what – I know you know. yeah. Um, but those that don't know, for our wing team – our guards are pulling and all I was the time, the, and I was the lead guard, and I just took to it, just loved it. Um, and that's why I became a better. I was an all-state guard, not not a defensive lineman. Where I was a three-year starter, I was a two-year starter on offense, but and then I got all-state to end uh, my senior year.
0: Well, e- excellent. That's so what I want to make sure we uh, we talked about. Everyone knows who we're talking about, uh, or how we're going to talk here. Steve knows what he's talking about is what I'm trying to say. Uh, So as we talk a little bit about more high school football and and recruiting and stuff, uh, you know, Justin and I think we know what we're talking about, but uh, Steve definitely knows what he's talking about. So you had played on some really good wide-missing teams, and you got to play for Coach Wolfram, and now you get to coach with Coach Wolfram did you, you started coaching in the fall of 05, did you 05, say? 05, yeah. 05, so that was, so that was first referred first So, wow. Yeah, so you just completed your, what, 17th year then
1: Yeah, as, I'm one, I'm one of the lowest on the totem
0: pole. I was going to say, thinking about that, you're at you know 17 years with the Y Missing coaching staff, and you're not at the top. You're not I'm close. Not, I'm near the, I'm near the <laughs> bottom. You're near the bottom. Which I'm is, near the bottom. Well, I mean, and that's one of the things that I think – the, the the greatest programs, not just in Berks County, in the state, around the country, are going to have that program continuity. Um, at least when you're taking out these all star teams, that can just bring in whoever, oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're not going to touch on that. We're not going di- to divert into that dis- di- discussion. But uh, when you're talking traditional high schools, when you think about the football teams that you see, the the programs on the movies and television shows, there's legacy involved, um, and that's something that is you know, taking hold at, at why I'm missing and, then you're great evidence of it. You played there or star there came back. You're there for nearly two decades and you still are not at the top of this coaching Correct. staff because you guys come and they stick around because it's an important part of the community. And guys
1: have had opportunities to leave and, you know, become higher up on the, the coaching chain, but they have no interest. And just like, I don't have you, any interest. Um, I had an opportunity to leave once or twice and I'm, that's not, that's not why I'm in it. Right. I'm not in it to go be the head coach and I'm in it for the kids in the school that did so much for me. That's, that's what it's about. And everybody on our staff.
0: Yeah. And it's that sense of pride and community and what, what they gave to you, you want to help pay back. And, and and that, that definitely has taken a hold in and around Berks County for, for a variety of schools, for many schools. But why missing is definitely one at the forefront that it just, it just sticks out. Um, so, you know, you played four years on the varsity team. You've now coached for 17 years with the varsity squad. I want to talk about some of your favorite moments or games that you've been a part of with, with the Spartans. Well, I, I'll go
1: back and I'll, I'll, even before I came to why missing. Okay. This is back when I was still in, living in for Gunnar Weiser. Uh, my uncle played for Wymusing. Okay. So I've been coming to Wymissen games since nineteen eighty six. So that's how far All right.
0: Yes, you, you do have much more of an exposure than I uh, thought you
1: had. Correct. So it's not just, you know, when I came to Wymusing in seventh grade. No, I was I was already
0: You you were there tangentially, you were correct. related to the you program. Know, I sat
1: with my grandparents and watched Watch my, the game. You know, yep. Um so it, it goes back further than that. I just thought I would add that little. Oh, tidbit.
0: that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew, you know, as a student from seventh grade, you know, we're talking, you know, mid early, early to mid nineties on, you probably have a wide a knowledge of the why missing program, but it goes back a decade farther. So, Correct. well, what are some games that stand up that you watch participated in coached in, um, you know, good or bad. It's just the games that that you always think of when people mention why missing football.
1: I mean, obviously going to go to 2012. um, That's first, the state championship, that will always – because it was the first ever, you know, it's still, unfortunately, still the only Berks County state title. Um, Thought this year we might get another one out of us or Mifflin, you know, but didn't happen. So that's number one, obviously, is the state title. Um,
0: Is the state championship game itself the one you, you remember most from that season? Because that was a close game, was 17-14. and was that yeah. Clairton? No,
1: what? that was Alquipa.
0: Alquippa. Okay, I knew it was. I knew it was somewhere out there. I couldn't remember which which uh, which squad it was. Alquippa. Okay.
1: Alqu- yeah, that. It's probably a lot in that that year. The MOTEP, because no one thought we'd go down to Philadelphia and win that game.
0: Yeah, that was the one that I was thinking about because I remember. Um, that was a year that. Uh, Wilson and Y missing made it to the state semis together and you guys played Emotep, and we went and played in 2012 as North Allegheny. That
1: was a tight one, right? And that
0: was not, unfortunately. Uh,
1: we, 2014 was a tight one. Yeah, That was lost. Yes. Within minutes, I think. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. 2012, um, North Allegheny, we scored on the opening kickoff and then only got a field goal the rest of the way. Um, that, that was an incredible North Allegheny team, um,
1: that they was the it, like, same a little quarterback or something. Yeah,
0: uh, was it a? It was. A, I think his name was Leftwich. Um, no relation, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, he was very good. But they they just were stocked and stacked. Uh, incredible, incredible team. Very, very good team. Um, that was the same day that you guys played Emotap, or, or the same weekend. I don't know if it was the same day or not. I guess it probably were both Saturdays. If it's yeah. the state semifinals, uh, but I just remember like hearing, probably from. I'm, I'm, no, this was 2012. This is before I, I I knew you. So, somewhere, it could have been Reading Eagle articles. Mm-hmm. I was just saying about how Emotep basically was like, you know, saying it was basically like a, a shoe in. Like it was almost like a buy. And I was yeah. just like, what is? The, what are these guys doing? Uh, they clearly don't know enough about Burke's football. Um, and I, I, then
1: it got out in public. Like, well, that's they, what they, I mean. They were, like They were it, things out in public before the game. Yeah.
0: That, I just couldn't like, believe not that
1: our kids were already motivated enough. And then they gave us extra ammunition. Right.
0: I, I, and I just, I, I get frustrated when I see student athletes put stuff like that out there. Uh, I would get really, really upset if it, if it ends up being a Wilson guy. Thankfully, I haven't run into that too much over the last 12 years, but like you just see some of these things that people will say and do. And social media has made it much easier and much yeah. worse for that. But just that they that they would think that that was going to be a simple game. And you beat them pretty good, too. It wasn't even like you had the – I mean, I'm sure they were scraping and clawing. But yeah, you 35, ended up – 35-13. 35-13. Okay. I was going to say it was 40-42-20 or something like that. But I knew you, you beat them by a good amount. Um, so that should have been, a, hopefully, a humbling experience for, for them.
1: You know what? Uh, they were – the fans were rough on us coming in and out pregame and halftime. After the game, good game, guys. Go get them. Respect earned. Yeah, it was the the crowd and the completely flipped. It It, was uh, it was nice.
0: Yeah, when you're involved in that, when you're a player or coach, and you can yeah completely flip expectations, that is one that you don't forget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a run in 2012. Uh, state championship, like you said, the only Berks football team to uh, to take home the hardware uh, from Hershey uh, in the the peak. Uh, you've had quite a run the last two years, making it back. Uh, Central Valley, uh, tough ones both the last two years. Um, I think this year for you, uh, from an outsider perspective, and I think you heard this in, in everything you can read or write or, or watch, um, people were a little bit, I don't want to say down, but didn't think you could match 2020. Correct. Um, cause you lost so much, you, you lost so much from that great 2020 team, um, came up just short in the, against central Valley state championship. But the, the, the talent that you lost, like you got to replace so many guys. And then this year at least matched, you know, mm-hmm. by many standards, w- what you did last year, uh, tell me, what did you see it coming with? With why I'm missing this year? Did you know the talent in the pipeline or the the kids that were going to step up in a big way? Could you see it coming from being inside the program? Correct. Yes, you knew. You knew you were we, ready.
1: Uh, it was tough. You know the the team before two years ago. Yeah, I guess three years. Fall twenty.
0: The Max Hurlman team. Yes,
1: we lost in the the state quarterfinals. Okay,
0: fall twenty nineteen.
1: Uh, after we beat. Middletown finally got over the Middletown hump.
0: Yep. That had been um, a battle with, between you guys for a number of years.
1: And that Middletown team was very good. They were still very – they were still peak Middletown. Was
0: that, that with Lopez?
1: That was Lopez's okay. junior year, but they – or the Lopez senior year, and but they still had a lot of other pieces besides, um, besides him. We finally got over that hump in 19, and I think we underachieved. Okay. Because we lost to a Tomaqua team that lost to North Schuylkill and Pottsville, both teams we beat. Okay, I think we couldn't come off that Middletown win um, and refocus for Tamaqua. Okay. Um But that team, we only had on defense, there were only three seniors starting. On offense, there were only four seniors starting.
0: So you knew 2020 was set up in a big way. So we knew 2020
1: was going to be the year. So all these guys from this year's team, there was no room to get on the field. Right. Because we had eight and seven starters that were three, a lot of three- and four-year starters. Evan Ladrowski, a name I know you guys will know.
0: Very familiar.
1: Has been on the field since ninth grade. Zach Zekman was on the field since ninth grade. Darren Bruner was on the field since ninth grade, um, among others in that class from last year. So there was no spots to get on the field. Okay. But we knew they were like most other years. These this year's team they would have been on the field, but there was no room um, for them. So we knew we had a good group coming uh, that just didn't get a chance. And they did and exceeded probably everybody's expectations. But we had a feeling we could make a run again.
0: And that's that's where that's the only place where it needs to be known, especially at the start of the season. Because you kind of, I'm sure you agree that you want to go in as underdogs. You yeah. you want people to doubt you. Um it's a great exterior and they motivation.
1: That, and they this You grab this, it and run with it. Uh Aiden Mack, Amory Thompson, Nevin Carter and Tommy Grabowski. they're the three year starters that started since that sophomore run. Um they heard the noise. They heard uh Wyman's gonna mm-hmm. take a step back. Um and they embraced it. And they you know, they put that on their back, on their shoulders and ran
0: with it well i mean it was incredible to watch from from the outside the the last couple of years because of course as soon as i said hey i want to come over and photograph a game then covid hit and mm-hmm. i wasn't allowed to come by last year and then then this year uh wilson went much farther than i think people expected and i was tied up with that and by the time i was ready to uh to to head to your games you guys weren't uh You weren't local anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, hopefully this coming year, hopefully fall of 2022, that'll happen. Well, and
1: you know I normally try to make at least one Wilson game a year because I'm just a high school fan. (laughs) Couldn't because of COVID, and then – the game I had planned on all year that matched our schedule was Manheim Township. Yep. But I wasn't coming out in that rain that no, day. No, it
0: was, was awful. Yeah. You know, I don't blame you at all. Uh, that was unfortunately also Wilson's senior night this year. So I stayed on the field. I had dressed for the occasion. I just didn't have the proper footwear It eventually bled through. I stuck it out to get the pictures for for the. Players and the families, but when the game come, I had to go upstairs because I was worried for my camera equipment. Yeah. I just I can't ruin it, you know, this expensive camera to get these shots. But I got some cool ones from up in the box, uh, which was fun. And then went back downfield for the end of the game. Thankfully, a Wilson victory. Um, yeah, that was awful. Uh, that was one of the worst weather experiences I've had at a, at a football game, especially a high school football game. I've sat through cold and wind, but the rain was just torrential and nonstop. Yeah um very thankful you guys were playing the next day not yeah. not in and those elements so yeah i'm ho- hoping for a uh a, a good 2022 i know we are barely finished with 2021 and we're already looking ahead to 2022 but that you know that's how we operate oh, I'm, uh, I'm
1: going to open the weight room right after this is over for
0: the kids <laughs> i don't doubt it in any capacity so Yeah. So, I mean, incredible back-to-back seasons for you guys. That can can be said pretty much every year. What a phenomenal season the Spartans had. You – I love seeing the updates following online on Twitter – um, from the beat writers or just fans of everything happening. Love when people post pictures and videos. So great to see that there's so many people out there doing that. Um, So, you know, you're rattling off those names. And I like that I know all of those names because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was keeping as close a uh, connection to uh, Burke's football as I can. Um, And, you know, it was why missing a Mifflin for most of the season. So I, I know way more uh, – way more names from high school athletes than I normally do that aren't Wilson Bulldogs
1: that's the same as me I, <laughs> I, I I learned through I you know I go I go when I can I saw Mifflin I saw Exeter this year I saw Burks Catholic this year I didn't get to my Wilson game like I use I'm just a high school fan right I, I love high school football and I will go if there's an opportunity I'm gonna go watch someone play if it's gonna be a good game right uh, well, but I know social media is great I know more like I know more your guys than I right Normally would know.
0: And and, that, and, that's, and that's great. I mean, it, it allows people to feel more close to their team, to other teams. I've already
1: got my eye on the LL. I, I, uh, yeah, that's right. I've yeah. already wa- been looking the teams that are going to be in our section next year. Who's getting what? I'm, I'm already eyeing that You can stuff, always but... check
0: it out. You know, they got the Twitter profiles, the huddle video. Everything's there for you, which is great. I love the, this modern times that we're living in of what we're able to see and do. Uh, it's just phenomenal. The one game that I was planning to go to last year was when you're supposed to host Southern Columbia, yeah, and that game because of COVID got scrapped. But you got to go there this year, uh, and again, I feel like that was another one where most people were doubting you, most people, because I am on record. You are I, saying I, I, that I had no doubt in my mind that you guys were going to win. Paul also, yeah, I Paul. mean, there there were people out there, and maybe like Berks County knew or thought that way but I feel like most of the state because Southern Columbia is a statewide mm-hmm. phenomenon because of what they've been able to do if if you're a a football high school football fan a Pennsylvania high school football fan you know Southern Columbia I don't know up until that game if more people outside of South Central PA knew why I'm missing mm-hmm. I, maybe they did I'm not trying to sell you short by any no, 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 means no. but Southern Columbia just because of what they've been able to rattle off the, the winning streak I think it was a national winning streak right? Which you guys ended.. Correct. And I think that's a moment where people went, "Whoa, you know, but there were definitely people in here, not why missing Spartan faithful, that were like, "Why missing's winning that game?" And you did.
1: We did. Yeah. Uh, that was probably one of the best weeks of practice we had all year. Uh, not that the kids weren't locked in all year because they were, but to a different degree. Yeah. Um,
0: Flipped the switch, you know, hit that different level.
1: They they wanted it's unfortunate we didn't get it the year, get to play them the year before on our field because that would have been awesome. Um, and who knows if we would have won? I I, be, I believe we would have won uh last year. Um, but not having it was a blessing mm-hmm. because their streak
0: went continued, even, yep, went even so farther. then they were,
1: ended up being one away from the state record, tying Clarendon for the 66 game, so it's sitting right there. They beat us. They tie the state record. We'll forever be in the history books. Who did Southern Columbia beat to tie the record? Right. Uh, but we got to take that away. So it was a blessing we didn't play last year. Uh, it was a great environment. Um, uh, that's another one the fans stick out. They knew we lost in the state final the year before. Oh, okay. So their parking lot was filled. When we <laughs> got there early, we're there early. And our first group, you know, we take our guys' groups out. Of time, I don't know. I think Wilson does the same thing by, by groups.
0: Yep, yep, yeah. We got three groups. Yeah. So
1: I don't, my group doesn't come out to last. The Lyman group doesn't come out to last. So I'm standing yes. in the parking lot yep. watching. Every one of our groups that come out, they had this lo- large portion of fans off to the side near their locker room. Here come the runners up. Here come the runners <laughs> up. Oh, and then as soon as the Southern Columbia group would come out, the champs are here the champs are here. It was awesome because every single time this group would do the same thing to our guys and the same thing to the Southern Columbia kids. Uh, it was, it was like you were, everyone was getting, it was hype. It was a hyped experience.
0: When you're the one getting that thrown at you and, and that's all in good fun. And there's ribbing there and mm-hmm. they're meant to get under your skin. But to me, and as a, a, pl- a player and then now as a coach, I, I don't like that from the Southern Columbia, not to not to say it's a Southern Columbia thing, but like yeah. the the example you just gave. If I'm why I'm missing, I'm thankful for that. Yes, you know, just like you know, when we when Wilson was struggling this year, and we'd go places, and they would want to get on us, mm-hmm. I, I'm th- I'm like thank you. Like yeah. we shouldn't need the motivation, but they're they're high school kids. The focus is everywhere. If you get them in the here and now, I, I appreciate that. So yep. thank you. You know, once we started league play and we're sitting at two and three and people are doubting that, can we do this? And they're all chirping at us, bringing up whatever, you know, what Mifflin, Exeter, whatever. Thank you. Like, I appreciate that. But uh, on the well, flip I side, to... I don't want to hear my student section yeah. yapping at the visiting team. Ever. I
1: was getting pumped up and I'm not even going, <laughs> not the going out
0: there, right? So now
1: I know that my guys are getting excited. Yep. Because they're all they're they're listening they're watching you can, you know I saw them they're looking over they're you know they're they're you know leaning their ear mm-hmm. you know I was getting excited so I know they were
0: yeah oh absolutely so uh Justin and I do our best and I think we've done it to not ever give a Wilson opponent ammunition from something we say on yeah. the Bulldog Hour because we do not want to be those guys that is not where we want to be because we don't want to impact. You know, we don't want the coaches to be like, why did you say, it? you know, we, that's not us. We want to be
1: yeah, you, you, I, Wilson I
0: positive, but, you know, opponent appreciative, uh, you know, and respectful. And we, we we know we did our job this year because we were contacted after our Central York recap Harrisburg preview by a Harrisburg uh, parent or coach or both. Um to say he was looking for bulletin board material and we didn't give him anything. So I was like, mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Um, But so you are in the thick of things right now. Um, You know, longtime offensive line coach. You've been around the blocks to finish your 17th season. Have you ever been more involved in collegiate recruiting for one of your players than you are right now?
1: Uh, Never. Um, I've kind of, you know, you know, I'm, I'm the social media guy for Wyoming football, like much like you are for Wilson. So I've kind of taken taken that lead, and I'm the first line of contact. Coaches get to me. Can you give me information on so 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 and whoever it might be? Um, but it's never been like this because of Javin, mm-hmm. uh, a big time bona fide. Division one offensive linemen. So these coaches want to talk to me first um, before they talk to Coach Wolfram. So I've been on the phone, you name it, and I've probably been on the phone with them because of Javen.
0: For college football fans listening or watching us, you're probably thinking, oh, a, a college prospect, big time prospect. Oh, wait, he's just talking to him. That means Javen is back. For another year. You have Javen for an entire another year. First you get him track and field season. Then it's going to loop around for his senior year at Y missing. How did his recruitment blow up for you? What was the catalyst? Like what was the one big thing at the beginning of this year that made him explode into what he has become?
1: Um, I have been telling people since last December. Um, I don't know if you follow Ed O'Brien. I do. Cleese,
0: I got yeah, I know Cleese,
1: and uh, yeah, and you know he does his little combines and his little camps and whatever, and and I I contacted him about one of his camps, and I said I got a kid I want to get to your camp because I think this kid is going to be a monster. You know, at that point he was 6'4", 280, but can move as a soft. And here's the funny story. It, it, not, he should be. He should only be a junior next year. Oh he's wow! Gonna, he just turned 16 at the start of the football season. Oh. Um, he's going to graduate at 17 years old. So he's young for his for his uh, grade. But and I hit up Ed O'Brien about the camp, and I said, Ed, I want you to take a look. I know. I know you evaluate kids. I said, in my mind, this kid is going to be a Division One player. I go. This kid can move. He's athletic. He got the um, size. He's got the size already. Um, he's got the work ethic. He wants to be great. And he went to his camp, and uh, he DM, He's like, yes. He's like this kid is. Nailed he's it. got it. He's like he he doesn't have the pass pro because we don't you know we don't drop back like you guys do right.
0: Uh,
1: but you can see he has athletic ability, all the athletic ability in the world, and you know that kid worked. Hit the weight room, you know, then spring came around third place and should have, should have won maybe some state titles. Uh, but he's top five in the country in both shot and discus. Both? That doesn't happen. Both of them. Um, and then he, you know, he continued to work. Now he's 6'4", 310 six 6'5", maybe. Um, and you can just see he's got, he's different in his athletic, a big guy shouldn't, and he doesn't look. Like, he's a good – he's not a sloppy 310. Right. He is a good 310 with room to build. Like, I don't even know what he's going to weigh when right. he goes out. He has out. that frame. He, he's got so much room to build on. Um, but when the fall came, those first four games, um, we got a highlight together, worked with Ross, okay. Ross Tucker, yeah. and, you know, for uh, Go Big, and got his highlight film together the first four games, and that was it. They that just- was all –
0: I mean, he got, how many did he get in like just a short period of time? I know you were posting about him and I'm just retweeting. Like, I'm just like, this is ridiculous.
1: It was like eight in like three or four
0: yeah, days. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to watch. It really was. It was cool. And to have you know, a high school, young high school student athlete, all of a sudden just burst onto the scene where everyone wants you. And then he's going to have his choice of where to continue his, uh, his, uh, collegiate or his, his uh, football and academic career, mm-hmm. um, just unfathomable. Now, uh, who was the first big-time coach to reach out to you? Pitt. Pitt was the first one. Did you, you talk to – Coach
1: Sanders. Coach Saunders. Coach Sanders.
0: The Pitt oh, – is he the offensive line coach? No,
1: he is the
0: – Or offensive recruiting.
1: He recruits this area. This area for Pitt. Uh, okay. I think he might be the running back coach. I, I can't remember. But he uh, he was the first coach that I talked to. Okay. And he's like coach I just want to let you know in about 10 minutes we're going to call Javen and offer him a scholarship. And I was just like I mean this is just a couple days after his film went out. Yeah. Like n- not a week.
0: And at that point you knew there was probably a windfall coming correct. Cuz once Pitt offered like you said you got he got seven more in like 3 days or something like that. Uh and I mean you can pretty much name them if he either has them or he's going to going to get them. The, those big time colleges that he might not have yet are not going to wait and just sit around.
1: No. Um, He's starting to get into the SEC now. Right. Um, nothing out West or Big 12, but I'm not.
0: Uh, Has, how, how involved have you been with Javen's aspect of it? Like I know you're, you're kind of the, um, the go-to cuz you're his positional coach before you get to coach wolfram has Javen come to you to talk about We've- things he wants to see um interests that he has like ha- how is your relationship with Javen in terms of re- the recruiting aspect
1: um we are very close um we just actually talked a couple days ago um but i i don't give i'll share i don't want to influence right this is his decision yes um, if he asks about a school, I will tell them, I will tell him what positives and negatives I see, you know, what this school has done, you know, obviously that his long-term goal is to hopefully go to the NFL. Right. Um, has this school produced NFL players? You know, what kind of, so I'll talk about that and I'll talk about distance. How, how far do, are you willing to go away? Mm-hmm. You know, think about your family coming to your game. Yep. Yep. You know, all those things are important. So I just give him a neutral I, I don't try to sway one way or another and I give him just my honest opinion sure. um without trying to sway him one way or the other. And I he I know he values my opinion and he and Ross is a great uh so it's the three of us kinda working together and I talk to his dad all the time. I talk to Javen's dad. Um we're very close. And his older brother, Richard, who graduated in last year's team. Um, so I'm very close to the whole family. Um, so they, they they value my opinion and I value theirs. And they know that I've, I've always done everything, anything and everything I could do to help Javen um, to get where his goals are.
0: What was Javen's reaction when the pit offer came in?
1: Uh, He didn't tell me immediately, but uh, (laughs) he was in tears. Yeah. Um, What I thought was going to happen, happened, but it happened in a much quicker time frame. Yeah. I thought that after he had a monster season, which he did.
0: That's when they would roll in.
1: Then he would put the film out and then come after this year's recruiting cycle was over. Right. Then like January. Or February when they start focusing on the 2023s, then I thought the pit and Penn State would come. I had no idea eight and three days, or and <laughs> after Week Four that it was going to start already.
0: Well, a lot of the teams, and I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge Penn State fan. Mm-hmm. And one of the awesome articles written um, by Audrey Snyder, who's the Penn State um, writer for the Athletic, for the Penn State stuff on the Athletic, she wrote about. Penn State's shortcomings in the Philadelphia region, more specific city-related, not necessarily out where we are. Um, Because Penn State wasn't doing well in the city. And and one of the things that they had, you know, open, candid conversations with city coaches of what could they do better. One of the things was they weren't offering their kids early enough. And I think when you see a blue-chip recruit like Javen has become, you need to get in there early. So as soon as pit offered and all these other teams had that film they see that offer and everyone's like we need to check if they haven't watched it yet we need to watch it and we need to offer because those early offers really stick in kids minds Mm -hmm. like these are the first people that believed believed in me so I, i think that's one of those things the early offers and like you said eventually when 2022 is signed, sealed, and delivered, which it just happened, what, December 15th was the mm-hmm. early signing period, then a lot of focus will go to 2023, but usually those blue chip guys, a lot of them have already committed. Mm-hmm. Before 2022 is done, like the class is signed, 2023 is already, you you have a handful, at the, the big time schools already have a handful of the top the guys. The Exeter
1: kid. Right, the, yeah. The Joey, uh, Joey
0: Schlaffer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he already committed, you know? Um a lot of the times you definitely hear these big time recruits committing at least before their senior year, if not, you know, the winter before, you know, mm-hmm. they have an entire year left to go. Uh, and we can obviously, we could talk forever about the pros and cons of recruiting and the way things are and what we would change. Cause that would be an entire another show. Yeah. Um, but I just, it was awesome to see the pit offer come. And then I was just, I felt like every, Six hours. Penn State
1: hold out, held out for a while. Yeah, they, they weren't.
0: I was waiting because you know me. I'm like, as soon as the pit offer came in, I was like, all right, Penn State. Like, yeah. I wanted you to beat him, beat Pitt. I wanted them to be first. But I saw the Pitt offer come in, and that makes my eye twitch. You know, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I can't like that. There's just some schools as a Penn State fan. that I just like I can't let them beat beat us to the punch. Uh, it the offer doesn't matter if you get the commitment down the road. But like when I see, saw the pit when you put that out there, I was like, oh, come on. Where is it? And then you started tweeting out a few more of the offers. I'm just like, come on! I think, I think
1: Penn State came. They were like, uh, they weren't until eight or nine. Yeah,
0: they were. They were towards the end of that like spree. Yeah. Uh, but when it came through, I was like, thank you, like finally. Um, but that's been a lot of fun uh, to to watch, and I and knowing that you're like connected and right in there, I'm always. I'm just like waiting to see what else comes out. Um, but it, it's been so much fun to 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 watch that process to have it happen so close. Um. So the best of luck to, to you and obviously to Javin, um, as this process unfolds and, and for all the other guys that you're promoting, mm-hmm. um, that just signed with the class of 2022 and that you're working for towards 2023. Now, I know not all of them are, are your line guys, Oh yeah, but you, you know, you're st- stocked with guys going through all levels of uh, college football and being able to continue to play football, um, is such a blessing. And I know, uh,
1: well, I you know I tweeted that out just a couple weeks ago. I said, regardless of level, guys, you got to understand, only seven percent of high school football players get that opportunity to play after. Right. So even at D one, D two, D three, you're one of seven percent if you get to play. So you know, enjoy and embrace that opportunity because not everyone gets that.
0: Nope. Just have fun with it. I mean that in the end, that's what that's what the the game is there for is to have fun. Uh, if it can make you a better person or get you to a different career, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bonus. Uh, and obviously we know as coaches, we we preach the life uh, lessons that the sport teaches us over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, incredible, incredible season, incredible year. And uh, look forward to what's going to happen in 2022 with your Wyoming Missing Spartans. Um, before we, we finish here, well, let's talk a little bit of NFL. Like I had promised at the top of the show, uh, but you're a Denver Broncos fan, and we already established that you, you're born and raised Berks County. Uh, had a couple, a two-year diversion uh, later, you know, um, post college down mm-hmm. to Annapolis and in, in the Baltimore area. Um, but being from this area by and large for most of your life, not not an Eagles fan. So how did the Broncos infiltrate uh, your life?
1: It wasn't anything special. Uh, it was one of the. The first games, I can remember as a kid, the Broncos were playing the Bears. And I just like, I like those, you know, the old helmet.
0: Yeah, the the blue, the the lighter blue with the D, the the Bronco jumping out. Yeah, the ones I I want them to go back to now. I always love their new stuff. When they came out in 96, was Mm it? Um, The first Super Bowl, they won the back-to-back. That was when they debuted. I thought they were awesome. Uh, and actually, we used them my year at Wilson with the stripe. Okay. Um, the the red jersey that's hanging right oh, yeah, there, right there. Yeah, modeled that. off the Denver Broncos. You know, a high school version of it. Yeah. Um, but I always loved that style. Now that you know we're twenty five years, I think it's time to go back to those to the, the to best the ones. to the blue. Yeah, the lighter blue with the the D and the the jumping bronco. Um, I, I, I'm I'm a stickler, not a stickler. I'm a a fan of uniform and aesthetics and logos like I love that stuff. So I appreciate what the Broncos have had now for 25 years, but I like the throwback aspect. I like when they go back. And I know with the one shell rule that thankfully is ending next year in the NFL. I know they tried to do it just with the navy helmet, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't pop as much when you don't have that that blue. Um the the lighter blue, not the navy blue.
1: So it was it was just the first game I remember watching it as a kid and I was like I you know I like that. And I like that uniform. I like that helmet. And then, obviously, it became John Elway. Right. And then I always wore 77. Might know, might not know, my favorite player of all time is Carl Mecklenburg. Okay. Number 77. I didn't know
0: that, but that makes sense.
1: So I have worn 77 since, you know, there's been a year in mites that I didn't get it.
0: Yeah. Those Uh, are the years. There was
1: a year... Freshman year, I couldn't get it at Wyomissing. and freshman year at Westchester, I couldn't get it.
0: But when you could, but any other number. every
1: other year of football, I was seventy seven. Okay, yeah, because uh, of Carl Mecklenburg.
0: All right, that, yeah, I was fifty four because of Zach Thomas. I, you know, I always say so.
1: I liked Carl because he, he was positionless. He played everywhere. He played D and d tackle, little linebacker. I never got to do that, but <laughs> he was slow. He was white. He was unathletic, but he got the job done. So that was like that's that was that was my uh, that
0: that was that checked yeah. all your boxes. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, good. That, well, that, that that's was that's where I got the Broncos fandom. So was there? Um, there was no one else in in your life at the time that was pushing like the Eagles or the Steelers or anything like that.
1: Uh. Uncle is a big time Eagles fan, but you weren't gonna didn't
0: didn't latch on to no. it then.
1: I, not that I root against the Eagles, I have no I have no problem with the Eagles. I'll root for them if they're not playing the Broncos. Not playing Denver. Um, I'll root for the Steelers if they're not playing the Broncos. You know, I'll root, I'll root local. That's fine.
0: But uh, you draw the line at Raiders, Chiefs. I won't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and Chargers. AFC right. West, no. You got
0: No, that's a no. And go. I already
1: shared the story off the air that. Uh, I think the Eagles fans get a little bit of bad rap. My time in Annapolis, I would put the Ravens fans as at least on par. uh, When I went to a Ravens Broncos game, I got harassed more than when I got to an Eagles Broncos game.
0: Yeah, well, that's another thing. And again, another thing we could have an entire show dedicated to is the unfair treatment of Philadelphia fans. Because I'm not an Eagles fan, and I've been to games where I got the wrath of Eagles fans. But. I'm also, I am a flyers and Phillies fan and I've been there and I've been to games and I have never seen anything awful happen to opposing fans, but I have seen many stories from all fan bases in all cities around the country, but it's only when it happens in Philly that it becomes a national thing, you know, and that's just, that's just something we'll never be able to shake, never be able to shake. But, uh, that is what it is. I guess we, we embrace it to some extent now. Um, but, yeah. Oh, well, you're not going to win them all, I guess. Yeah. But, so, Broncos, I don't know, what were your expectations for them entering the year? Did, did you think they were a playoff caliber team when the season started?
1: Uh, I thought maybe the defense could maybe get them in as where they were fighting to so maybe a seven or a six. Okay. Um. Still below average O-line play both in the run in the past game, Some when they are able to get the run game going, they, they got a shot, uh, but it's inconsistent. And you know how big the quarterback play in the NFL is.
0: Do you, do you favor Bridgewater or lock? Are you a supporter of either of those? Or you just think I'll
1: support who's ever playing who's quarterback. Ever. Um, but I don't have any faith in either of them long-term, no long-term <laughs> or to win a game. If the defense can hold them down, you know, how many games they've lost this year by a touchdown.
0: But we and just saw it happen against the Raiders.
1: Again, yeah. like And you hold team to 17, you should – got a good chance. Yes. You know, 17-13, and they're losing. Like, And that was many games this year for them when the defense is doing their part and you're getting nothing from the offense. And you you, you can't put everything on the defense in the NFL. It just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Justin and I say – and this – regardless of – level of play high school college at pro we say if my defense holds an opponent to 21 or fewer i want to win that game i expect to win that game my offense should be able to put up a matching three touchdowns or more so when at any time that the offense fails to score 20 points that's a failure mm-hmm. and yeah we saw that last week with between broncos raiders neither team got the 20 but one of the teams was able to get the win
1: um they're about like i said they're right about where i thought they'd be
0: right right you in know, the hunt, but not quite they're there they're
1: average football team above average defense and below below average offense
0: now you you have that the rivalry mentality you won't you don't like the afc west team same thing with me i don't like the afc east teams but and it could depend on the year and there could be some, some fluctuations but is there one raiders amp- <laughs>
1: It didn't even have to go all the way through the question.
0: Raiders are always the most hated.
1: Oh, they're always number one. It's I don't even they're rivals, but like the Chargers, that's not that is like the bottom of the three. Yeah, there it's not really so it's
0: Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. Correct. It, to me, it's hard to hate on the Chargers when they look that good while playing football. Yeah. So right. if the Chargers aren't playing the Dolphins, I'm, I'll generally, when there's a few other outstanding things, uh, over the last handful of years, the Chiefs have jumped up in my, uh, rooting, uh, interest because of Chad. Because, yeah. Um, and I like Andy Reid too. Like, how do you not? I, I just don't get people that don't like Andy Reid. Winner. Um, from a football perspective, like, he's regardless of the colors he's wearing, he just, he, he wins knows how to get games. it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just – I love the even way Even though the, the Chiefs look. are
1: really dominant right now, it's still the Raiders.
0: Still the Raiders. I, I get that. Um, growing up, my intense hatred was of the Bills because Miami, even if they would beat them in the regular season or even mm-hmm. win the division, the Bills were able to beat them in the playoffs or went farther, four straight Super Bowls. Correct. Didn't yeah. win any of them, so that's the big, the big thing. Um, I hated the Bills, but then, of course – Then even worse. Well, actually, for a couple years, it was the Jets. You know, the Jets snuck in there kind of at the end of the Bills reign before this ridiculousness that I don't even... Who was the quarterback then? With the Jets? Was it Boomer? Vinny? Who was that? Vinny. It was Vinny. Uh, With Parcells. You know, he was like 98, 99, you know, that couple years um, before the Patriots. And Curtis Martin. And Curtis Martin, right. So, um, and I know... Once. The Broncos
1: got him one year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. When yes. Were very good. I was very thankful for that. I believe it was a late field goal, too. Even eight, been... I
1: think Curtis Martin fumbled that game.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Is that 98? I th- I that was think the
1: eight... so. They thought they were going to beat Denver.
0: They had had such a good year. They had great, defense and I think and... it was a high scoring, like in the 30s. And I think it was like a field goal change, and and the Jets lost, and I was very thankful to that, thankful for that as a Dolphins fan. But then the unthinkable happened, and we've got now a, a dynasty, at nearly dynasty. two decade that I can't even like. I it's so much worse because I have family up in New England, so um, you know
1: my, you can put them up on my list. You can, <laughs> they're, they're up there too. They're up there on the, my list. Those huh?
0: Patriots, huh? Yeah, it's wasn't fun. Um, the Dolphins were good when I was younger, and then we hit this new millennium and things really ta- – honestly, this, so what is today, 29? So two days from now, I believe, is the 20th anniversary of Miami's last, last playoff victory. Wow. They haven't won a game since I believe it was New Year's Eve 2001, I think, was the last time they won a playoff game. So it's been rough. It's been rough. And But growing up, you know, those first 16 years and, you know – probably eight or nine of those that I can remember being a fan, the Dolphins were one of the better teams in the AFC mm-hmm. and especially AFC East. And then all of a sudden we hit this brick wall called uh, the New England Patriots once uh, that Mr. 199 six-round pick came yeah, along. Yeah. And we haven't been able to get over that hump. Although we can still make amends. We already beat them once this year, and we play them in the final week. And that would be that would be great that for me. Playoffs, right? But, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're the seventh seed right now. But I don't know. That's being a Dolphins fan has been frustrating.
1: Yeah, you had a. It's been a rough division. <laughs> it's though. been
0: a rough. I mean, I'm obviously I'm a huge Dan Marino fan.
1: And uh, now the Broncos are going to go through that for and the next yeah, decade.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you got it. You know, you got the two with Elway there at the end, and then you got the well, pick me ups. Um, you know, going there twice with Peyton and getting one, um, which is funny thing. I don't know how often you listen to to the show, but I'm wasn't a Peyton Manning fan early. um, When he first came in the league, you know, whatever. But then like, there was times where I was like, I just thought he wasn't my guy. And then when people started like getting on him about not winning it, I think my Marino love kind Mm -hmm, of transferred. mm -hmm. And I was like, it's not a one man game. Like it's, it is not. So I just, I don't like the Peyton Manning can't win the big one. Um, And then he got there with the Colts um, and then was able to get that one with you with Denver. So, um, no, I'm a huge Manning guy I'm now. Keep my,
1: keeping my fingers crossed. Somehow, uh, Rodgers or Russell Wilson,
0: <laughs> someone comes available. Some, some
1: somehow, some way. Well, I, this has been a long, long run of. You know, I yeah. was used to Elway, right? And then Peyton Manning, like good quarterback plays, like what I'm used to in Denver, and I haven't haven't seen it for some years yeah.
0: now. Well, I feel like you're you're in that that lull between Elway and Manning. You know, like Brian Greasy. Uh, Plummer was okay. That's right, Jake Plummer. Plummer, Plummer yeah,
1: was
0: okay. you know, Kyle had, Orton. He, yeah, and he. They they had their moments. Yeah, but I mean, you weren't getting L.A. Manning level, which I mean, obviously, you know, you you say that out loud, and you're like, well, of course, you're not getting yeah. those are Hall of Fame guys. The, not every program is going to be like the Packers, where you have two Hall of Fame guys for 30 back. years. Uh, it's it's that's tough to do. Uh, as many many, teams, you know, what's
1: scary is I think. Mac Jones looks pretty good to me.
0: Uh, I know. Well, let's not open that one. I, uh, I don't. I don't
1: think New England's going anywhere for a while. It's...
0: I get, think it probably depends on how long Belichick sticks around because he no. just seems to have. I thought it was rougher last year for him, and I was kind of like, well, maybe, maybe it was more Tom than, than Bill. But now I think Bill's got. I think Bill has them back fighting. I, I still don't think the roster is super talented. No. But the way this this NFL season is gone, I don't know that you can count any team out. You know, of those fourteen teams that end up making the playoffs, sure, there's going to be your favorites. Right now, Kansas City in the AFC looks like they're probably the team to beat, and Green Bay in the NFC. But we've seen over the years Green Bay fall in. Mm-hmm. I mean, thirty years of Hall of Fame quarterback play; they only have two titles. Two titles, yeah, and it'll only been there. Three times, I think. Because Rodgers hasn't come back and lost, right? He only mm-hmm. went there and won. And then... And Favre made it twice well, and lost LeBron. to Denver. And, and had won the year before against the Patriots. It's like a circle. All, you know, everything is linked and together. 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and you only have two titles to show for. I mean, many teams, mine included, would take that right now. Yeah. I'll take two titles in 30 years. That's fine, because you know I'm 37, and I haven't seen a championship. So... Uh, Yeah, but I think it's wide open. In the
1: right direction,
0: I hope so. I'm still a two A supporter. I know there are people that are not, but uh, the injuries bother me more than some of the on field play because it's a long term game. He's going to get better. I don't. I think he's just about to hit 16 starts, which used to be you know one season. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't even played a full two or three. I mean, you look at Peyton Manning's first year in the NFL was awful statistically. Not not saying he's going to be Peyton Manning, but like you have to compartmentalize and look at these things. Everyone wants you to be a Hall of Fame car- caliber guy as you when you step on the field as a rookie, and that's not how it how it works. So i i, I, I give I give him and the Dolphin staff another year. So, um, but a lot of big games coming up. Week seventeen, second to last week. Now, it's amazing to me how the field has been so bottlenecked and and you know there's a bunch of teams that are eight and seven in both leagues fighting for the playoffs. So it should be an interesting week 17. A lot of fun games on tap. Should be interesting. Uh we've already hit our hour mark so I don't want to go any longer. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, coach Steve O'Neill from Why Missing Area Football. Uh, longtime Spartan, forever a Spartan. Uh, also a Ram though. Golden Ram Ram from Westchester University. Um, Appreciate you stopping by and talking football. Uh, Definitely get you back on the show. Maybe we can have you on an off-season version of the Bulldog Hour where we can kind of talk whatever we want, Berks football-related.
1: so we'll get back to you. Get talking when the LL is official.
0: That's right. We need to talk about the LL football merger, which you you alluded to a little bit, talking about you know film on these new opponents you'll be facing. Uh, but hopefully, maybe this spring we can get you on an episode of the Bulldog Hour, and Justin, you and me can, can take a deep dive into the upcoming twenty twenty
1: two Burke's football I think it's a schedule good thing for Berks County.
0: I do too. I I was all about it when it was brought up. Jeez, I think it was almost five years ago now when we first started to catch wind of it. Um, From a Wilson perspective, it was a slam dunk. I'm glad eventually the LL teams got on board. I think most Burks was in on it too. Um I know there's some travel issues, but I think it makes the scheduling so much easier. But
1: how many times do you travel? Like I, I saw someone's. Can we get this for the for basketball? Basketball doesn't make sense. Well,
0: It's too many games.
1: It's too many games. But football, you're, what, you're traveling five times. Right. Five times. That's.
0: And 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 some of them are still going to be against Burke's teams. Yeah. You know. So yeah, and they flip flop. You you know, if you have to go far one year, the next year they have to go far. It all evens out in the end. I, I think it's a good thing, and I'm glad it's happening. I'm very excited for. Uh, For that to happen, and it'd be interesting to get um, your point of view on why missing will be Section 4,
1: right? It's going to be... It's
0: going to be a battle.
1: It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a
0: battle. Section 2 and Section 4 are stacked so, I'm very excited, and that and hopefully finally, after multiple years of saying, "I'm coming to photograph a game, I can finally say, "Hey, I'm coming to photograph well, a I, game I said
1: I said to Paul, I said, uh, "What are you gonna do as far as coverage next year? Are you gonna go to the biggest ll game or are you gonna go try to hit are you gonna hit the Burks teams in the air how are you gonna
0: did he have an answer for you?"
1: And he's like, I don't know I didn't even <laughs> think about it
0: <laughs> Well, I talked to uh, Mike about that um when the, when the season started. You know he he has those um, pages about each each of the Burks teams. He has a page. He's like, now I got to add all the LL teams. <laughs> now I got to add all the LL teams to it. And it's like, hey, anytime you can add statistics and history, I'm all for it. So uh, it'll be fun. And it'll be interesting to see how the the Burks coverage guys do. They stick to the Burks teams, or do they grow and just say, well, it's all Burks LL. I I think I think. Um, Mike, Paul, Jim, and anyone else on the beat—you know, Red and Eagle—they're always going to focus on the Burks team, the biggest, biggest game involving a Burks team. Berks. Or, yeah, or right. Yeah, It'll, if there's a Burks on Burks, they'll be there most likely, unless there's a bigger Burks versus LL game that's happening, which yeah. we already kind of gotten with with Wilson. Correct. You know, they, yeah. if Wilson's playing the last few years, man, I'm township. That was usually a big game. And, and the, you would get a variety of writers for that. Um, I think Burks on Burks will still be the big draws unless it's, well, I mean, what LL
1: teams are with you in section four? Well, the, the, the big ones is Cocalico and Lampeter-Strasburg. Okay.
0: So why I'm missing Lampeter-Strasburg? I want to see that game. I want that game covered. If I can't go to it, do you have your schedule yet? You I mean, I know you, you should, do you know it off the top of your head? I don't know.
1: I, okay. I, because
0: I know, I know they put that out like a year ago of what the schedules were going to
1: be. Burke's Catholic is our first LL game. I know that.
0: That's not your last game. No. Oh man,
1: Lampeter's the last game.
0: Is it? And do you know if that's home or away?
1: I don't remember that.
0: And where's Cocalco fit in there?
1: Uh, I think the end of the year is Cocalico Wiser Lampeter because K- Wiser's in our section too. So yeah. we got three Burks teams: us, Burke's, and. Wiser in our section, and then Cocalco Calico and Lampeter are the other so That's big ones.
0: Man, Lampeter's been on, on our too. schedule
1: next year. We have eight district playoff teams. Wow,
0: you're still going to Pottsville just at the beginning of the year? Is that game one?
1: I don't remember if it's, it had to be game one or two. I don't, remember. okay. It's,
0: I know it's usually early. That's one that I would love to go to because I've never been to, and I've coached a pony. Middle school, junior high game at that stadium, which mm-hmm. was awesome. But I've never seen a high school game there, so that's when I'm always like, I got to get there. So, all right, well, Steve, thank you so much for coming and and talking uh, mostly high school football, a little Thanks. college recruiting, and NFL there at the end. Appreciate you pinch hitting for Justin, and uh, like I said, we'll have to get you back on the Bulldog Hour to talk about Burke's football. Me. So hope I did a good job. Oh yeah, excellent. Definitely a different different point of view and vantage point than anything that Justin and I can provide when it comes to um, Varsity High School coaching experience and especially the recruiting aspect. So, really appreciate your insight there. And uh, like you said, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime if you got uh, something you want to promote or get out there, you just you send me a send me a message and we'll make it happen. Sounds good. All right. So, This was episode 344 of the Joe Mays and j Raff Show. Justin and I will be back this Sunday to talk all about the NFL's Week 17 as we uh, approach the new year. And when we'll be speaking again, it will be the new year. So I hope everyone has a great New Year's Eve. I hope 2021 went better than you expected, and I hope 2022 is the same. So until next time, for Justin Raffoff and Coach Steve O'Neill, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Maze and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Maze Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Send your email to the Maze Sandwich Shop inbox at joemazeandjraph at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as
0: the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time.